It's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. With all the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I brilliant. think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. <laughs> we absolutely have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading episode seven of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Joining me on the line from techguide.com.au is Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. Hello, Trevor. Mate, can you believe we're on to seven of these already? Unbelievable. Lucky seven, Trevor. Who would have thought we'd make it this far? Could this be the yeah. seven episode itch? <laughs> Well, I'm not feeling particularly itchy myself. Oh, mate, that's good. good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, and we'll get right into that shortly. But we must thank the, our good friends at Netgear, uh, connecting with innovation, netgear.com.au. Plenty of uh, wireless networking and, and wired networking products there, whether it's a storage solution for your home or a new router, a new modem, or something for your business or small business. Check it out, netgear.com.au. We'll tell you more about them as the show goes on. But let's get cracking. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, our TVs are going to get a lot smarter this year, Trevor. Uh, Samsung first into the market again with their range of smart TVs. Now, these TVs were unveiled uh, in January at the Consumer Electronics Show and seem to be the theme of the show. Smart TVs uh, so that, that they connect to the internet, bring all these interactive features and, uh, yeah, they're on sale in Australia now. I was uh, caught on uh, on TV saying the idiot box has just gotten smarter, and it's true because really we we do think of the the idiot box as a, as a thing you sit behind and you know phase out and you don't pay any attention, just watching what's on. But these days it's it's an interactive experience. It really is so much more than just watching TV. Absolutely, yes. And now with with the internet connectivity, of course, it becomes more than just your uh, a television. You, it becomes your web browser. You can use your social, do your social networking uh, on your lounge there. You can download content, movies, catch up TV, download even apps to your TV, Trevor. Like mm. we, we used to do that on our smartphones. Now you can download an app for your television. And I think that's what they've done here is they've made the interface for the smart TV very uh, smartphone-like, so it's uh, customizable to people. People who, who, who know that environment. Um, but here's the thing. People that have got a TV from the last couple of years might have an internet-connected TV, and that's fantastic. Um, and you might you might be doing Twitter or Facebook on your TV. But the problem is, what I've found with, with my TV and, the, and the, the other smart TVs I've tried, is that, in fact, you, you can't multitask. It sounds like a funny thing to talk about, but you can't. you're just taking up the whole screen with Twitter or you're on Facebook yeah. Or you're watching TV. What this does is brings them all together. So you can have the TV taking up 70% of the screen and Twitter coming down one side. So I think the best example, and it's probably the best example in Australia of social media integration, is ABC's Q&A program, which Q&A. has a live tweet stream. <laughs> you just imagine sitting there and you've got your friend's tweet stream in front of you uh, while you're watching the show. I just think that's a Absolutely. really cool way to do it. I don't think you'd interact with it. I just think you'd watch it there. Well, I think so. You know what? Someone suggested to me like, you, the Q and A is a great example, by the way. And I, I actually watch it and tweet. I tweet hoping to get my tweet actually uh, on the TV. I haven't succeeded yet, but I'm going to one day. But You're someone an ego suggested maniac. to me today, <laughs> wouldn't it be great to watch the football like that? 
Oh, you could tweet mate. during a live NRL match or an AFL match. Wouldn't that be... I think it'd be something that may annoy some people, so maybe give them the choice to sort of switch that feature on and off. But imagine if a referee makes a dodgy decision oh. during a Rabbitohs game, mate, and I'll jump on the Twitter and say, this referee's joking, get to, get to OPSM straight away. I, then, I, the uh, thing about it I is, though... I think add a lot to the coverage. It's... Um, and you... You can see now how it's going to evolve. So at the moment, your Twitter stream is is you just your friend stream there, and I can see that it needs to evolve to allow a search. But then the problem with a search is Q and A has like twenty one thousand tweets in that hour, so it's just a crazy tweet stream to watch. It's impossible to watch. So you got to be careful that the search doesn't overwhelm the, the the processing power of the TV. But if you're following the right group of people and you've got a group of friends, that's what you want to do. You want to have a conversation with them via social media. If one, one of them I'm watching the show, yeah. you, you, you might be at the game, Steve, and I'm watching at home, and we we can interact because you're not you can't talk on the phone because it's so loud at the at the stadium. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, no, I think that's like you said. That's just one example of uh, of what these smart TVs can offer. And at, at the launch today, that we saw the TVs, uh, the, the Samsung emphasised that the, the smart hub was one of the pillars of the, of their offering, and mm. the others being uh, picture quality uh, and the connectivity of course yep. and but so that they did emphasize that but one thing i really I, I quite liked was the fact that the remote control now the, which is people are wondering how the hell are you going to type your tweets oh, or yeah. update your status now the remote control uh is on one side looks like a regular remote control yep turn it over on the other side and there's a full QWERTY keyboard. keyboard that lets you type in whatever you have to do and there's also a way to connect you can download apps to your iPhone or your your Android phone so you can control the phone on the wireless network using your uh, your your smartphone and also utilize its keyboard as well to uh, to type to type in your tweets or update Look up a uh, look up a website or whatever. So. Yeah, I did that out at Samsung. I went in the office and we were playing while we were filming. I, I used a Galaxy uh, phone, Samsung phone, a Galaxy S, I think it was, and they had the app there. So and it just looked like a remote control, and you could type there. It's much easier to do the typing on that um, than than on a standard remote. But that full QWERTY remote is great. The other thing that I liked is the is the web experience. So you can actually browse the web, full web experience, and full again, page, yeah. um, you're doing that on the TV. This and you got We got to remember we don't have Google TV here in Australia. Australia yet, um, but this is what it's competing against in America is is Google TV because that's what Google's doing is bringing everything into the TV device. Another thing they showed today, they they explained and they said this is a future feature. I don't think it's going to be available at launch, but they did mention that Galaxy products hmm. uh, down the track that are on the same network as these smart TVs will actually be able to stream. You'll be able to watch another channel. On these devices, a so different if you've got a Galaxy S two, yes. If you've got a right. Galaxy S two or Galaxy Tab, Tab ten point one, whatever it is, you'll be able to watch a second channel. Uh, say your wife's watching one program and you want to watch some other program, you you want to watch the Formula One, I want to watch the Rabbit as play. You can take the your tablet or your smartphone and watch it. If you lose the argument over the big TV, of course, which you we can do, take it into the other room I mean, and watch watch the uh, that other the other TV being streamed to these other devices. Well, I think that's an exciting that's an exciting move. Yeah, I, I that's I mean that's stunning because it's obviously got a second tuner built into it, and therefore it's going to push that second. I mean, it's just a great concept, um, you know. And there's a lot to come here. We've got Panasonic next week. We've got LG soon. After that, um, Sony's already Actually, done a big Panasonic launch. Panasonic have put their their launch back to May now. Oh, it really? It was supposed to be next week. They've put it back to May 11. 
there are launched. Wow. LG's next week, yeah, but we've already seen Sony's uh, TVs are already internet ready. They're offering services. Your your favourite uh, curiosity service is available, Stupid Trevor. Name. <laughs> but LG, again, I think LG's smart TV, what I quite like about its TV is the Magic Motion Remote Control. Oh, isn't which it is kind amazing? Of like the, Wii, the Wii remote for your TV, which I think is a very, very easy way to interact with that menu. And it's funny how you, when you compare all the devices, you go, well, this has got a good feature, that's got a good feature, and if you can have them all together, together it'll be great it'll, it'll evolve over time but that remote when you look at a samsung smart tv screen it is and you go into the smart hub menu there is so many icons there and when you add more apps it's just going to get worse that 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 idea of being able to point at the screen and and find and find an app or an icon is a much better way of navigating so i think they're onto something there lg they are yeah well i i think uh, that's going to be very competitive with the samsung tvs and the samsung tv has got to say with the 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 pillars of design picture quality 3d and the smart hub on the design side they're They've very impressive. It. The Series mm. 7 and Series 8 LEDs, their bezels, the, the frames around the side, the bezels just half a centimetre thick, which is Ridiculous. all virtually edgeless TV. So I think it's going to be very competitive from a design point of view. But uh, smart TVs, we're going to see a lot of them uh, in 2011. Yeah, and I think um, I think what's interesting is that um, they've all got something to offer. So Sony, I think it's about the picture quality, the Bravia enhanced picture quality. Samsung are running with the app thing, and LG's running with the remote. The big question will be, who wins in the end and uh, and who gets that market share? It's going to be great to watch. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Mate, while we're talking uh, Bravia and, and Sony, uh, we talked last week about the Sony um, Xperia, Sony Ericsson, Xperia Play. Yep. This week, uh, you and I have both uh, got in our hot little hands the Sony Xperia Arc. I'm a- holding it right uh, now, Trevor. So am good. I. <laughs> uh, it's um, I, I I've got to say this is the this is one of those things that that really impressed me out of the box. Um, I picked it up and I went, "Geez, that's light! I, I've got to put the battery in." You know how often you pick them up and you go, "Oh, that's awesome!" But then you realise the battery's not <laughs> in no it. Battery. Put the battery in it. This thing is incredibly light. It is still light. I know this is a very sensitive area for you, Trevor. The lightness <laughs> of the buses, okay? And I hope that the the arc meets your very very difficult criteria here. It and does. I, say, I agree with it. It is very light. Yes. But it, I quite like that. It just feels really nice in your hand. That literally the arc, the, the, hence the name. Mm. There's a curve on the back that sits yeah. really beautifully in your hands. I quite like it. Yeah, and it, so it's curving. It's sort of thick at the top and bottom, and it curves in the middle. And I, I don't think that's because of this hardware at the top I and mean, the cameras at the top and things like that. But it's it's more about the feel in your hand it's extremely light it is extremely thin uh you know the screen oh it's massive it's beautiful and and the i mean i remember when we were talking to the sony ericsson guys they were talking about the way they do screen technology and they um they the 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 technology they put that allows them to actually use more of the device for the screen and this has got in it the bravia mobile engine which you know essentially sony are proud extremely proud of their picture quality on the tvs and they they want to bring that concept of technology to the mobile phone well, I think we mentioned last week that uh, that Sony are utilising their technology across the whole business. So, mm. from the from the TV perspective, they're using that Bravia engine to enhance the picture and to to make that screen size even bigger, take up more of the device. So, and just the quality of the screen is very impressive. I don't know whether you've played any videos on yours, but I've done taken some photos mm. and played some videos, and it looks stunning on this screen. It's very impressive. Eight point one megapixel camera, seven twenty p HD recording, four point two inch screen uh and and just 
you know, I, the, the thing, and again, we mentioned this last week, they said to me and, and to you, you know, we want to dominate the Android market. And uh, I, I kind of laughed at that. This is the weapon, Trevor, they're going to do it with, I think. This is absolutely it. You know, the play is, is going to be a good component of their, of their arsenal, if you like. This is an absolute HTC uh, killer, in a sense. I mean, HTC have got yeah. some beautiful devices, beautiful design, but this, um, this is a, a stunning phone. I'm really impressed with it, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see how well it goes. And uh, before we talk uh, apps for smartphones, we must uh, thank the good people at Netgear um, who support the program, uh, support the podcast, and you should support them, netgear.com.au. Uh, Steve, you and I have both got uh, Netgear products throughout the homes. and uh, Absolutely. It, it helps connect all the devices in the house to, to each other. and Including to your smart TV, Trevor, that's, soon. That's right. in the smart TV. And, and if, if, if your smart TV now, because you know, we can call anything with an Ethernet point a smart TV, if your smart <laughs> TV today has in it a plug, for for a you know Ethernet cable, and you don't have a cable in the house or a cable close to your router, you can get a really simple universal Wi-Fi adapter from Netgear, which is tiny. It plugs into your into your Ethernet port, it plugs into your USB to get power, and it connects your TV to your wireless network. It's a really simple way of bringing those products onto your network. So anything about your network, whether it's your router, your modem, uh, your network storage, or connecting your devices, you can check out netgear.com.au. Now, Trevor, I know that you've uh, you've bought me a bottle of wine in the past. No, only because I lost a, a bet. You did. We did. You did lose a bet. That's right. And you were very honourable in uh, in honouring that bet and buying me a bottle of wine. But you know what? You can choose uh, a, the right bottle of wine now with your smartphone. Now, there's a new digital service called Seller Key, as in a wine seller. Seller Key. Mm. Which uh, will allow you to download a, a, a QR reader, which a QR code hmm. is, stands for quick response. They're those square, Little square barcodes. Ones. Yeah, yep. they're not the normal barcode. They're the square barcodes. And what Selakey is doing, they've partnered up with a few winemakers across Australia and New Zealand and set up a way for these QR codes to be featured either on the necks of the bottles or in restaurant wine lists. Now, what, what customers do then is they grab their smartphone, which has got a QR reader on board, scan the code, and then straight away they're taken to a site which explains exactly it gives them reviews about the wine it gives suggests food pairings for yep. the wine gives them some information about the wine maker so if you're standing in a bottle shop with a huge rack of bottles in front of you you don't know which what right wine to buy this is a great way sort of to make wine that little bit more accessible so you can make the right choice because heaven forbid you bring the wrong bottle of wine home to the missus mate your name is mud name is mud and it's an interesting thing and this is this is a real going to be a real growth area i think in in mobile applications um, there's plenty of, and America has a much better database, I think, of barcodes, and this is using QR codes, but the same thing can be done with barcodes because every product is unique. Um, the ability to be in a shop and scan something, or I think the, the big thing, the big benefit will be at home when you're, uh, you have a device and, uh, you know, you want to, you want to go shopping, you can just click on a, click on an item in the pantry 
uh, scan it and add it to your shopping list as a way yeah. of remembering things that you want. Um, I, th- I mean, I like to think about the future and the way these things can help uh, make life easier. And I can tell you, as, as a bloke uh, who has to go and do the shopping every now and then, um, because I like to say, well, Amanda, you don't have to go and do the shopping. I'll go and do it. But when my wife does a shopping list, she has to put it in aisles for me because, oh, you walk <laughs> around forever. So imagine this. Just, just let's put our, our crystal ball glasses on and say, what if you could... Write a shopping list, but not only write it, but scan items from the fridge and the pantry to say, I want more of these and, you know, in this size and whatever. And it, and it and, sends it to your smartphone. And it sends it to your smartphone. And it and it says, where do you want to buy it? And you say, you know, Woolworths, Thornley, or where, whatever it might be. And then it puts it in order of aisles. I mean, this is this is completely possible because Woolworths has, has a, a structure for each store. Do they all do it the same way, though? Like no, if you but... you decide but to shop at Coles, they why, might have different aisles. Why couldn't... Why wouldn't Woolworths and Coles have a database online that apps... That it might might only be on their, on a Woolworths yeah. app, but why wouldn't they make an app that says well, this is where everything is in this particular store? So you say, I want to go to this store and I want to buy these things. Give me a shopping guide, and for the absolutely. for the idiot bloke I'll, out I'm there, I'm with you there. Anything that can make you spend less time in a supermarket, or sp- whether your wife spend less time in the supermarket, makes life better for everybody. It Trevor, does. Now. And but QR codes though are, are, are in just to, just to sort of keep up on the on the codes. Mm. They're already being used in very cleverly too on like things like movie posters, billboards, yep. print ads. Yeah. So I think yeah, you see a lot of them in magazines, and it's a it's a really clever way to use your smartphone to interact and to gather that information that. You'd normally, especially for the on a print medium, you, you'd normally wouldn't get. That's right. And I think to wrap up, the reason QR codes are better is because a barcode is simply a number and a product, but a QR code has basically embedded in it a whole stack of information. So it's much easier for the phone to see that information actually immediately without actually going on the internet. It can read the information and then use that information to find out even more. So look out for more QR codes and look out for the uh, the what's what's it called the what's the actual wine app called. Well, it's called Seller Key, but if you if you go to my website to techguide.com.au, there's actually a link so you can download the uh, the appropriate code reader for your mobile, whether it's a BlackBerry, an Android phone, an iPhone, and then rock up to the bottle shop or into the restaurant, and you'll be the smartest person in the room. Now, our good friends at uh, Symantec uh, through the Norton product um, keep us abreast of all the things that are going on in the world in terms of threats to uh, security and internet security. And one of the things that I've been uh, uh, quite uh, a fan of recently is their Cybercrime Index, which is a daily uh, report on how things are going on the internet. But, Steve, they've released their latest um, uh, report, which is a more in-depth report on where the threats are, are existing on the internet and how we are most at risk. That's right. Yeah, their internet security threat report is uh, is a huge deal because uh, they they go into a lot of depth. They're a massive company, massive security company who are constantly playing this cat and mouse game with all the hackers to see where all the attacks are coming from. Mm. And their latest report actually it's quite alarming because the the they've they're obviously still launching web attacks, but the latest targets are now the smartphone and social networks. Mm. Would you believe? Well, I mean, social networks, it's its really shocking, and I mentioned this earlier uh, when I was recording Your Tech Life, you know, the, the, the ability for people to get suckered into this Facebook thing where it says, click here to view who's viewed your profile, click here to yeah. see who's your most popular, you know, friend, and same on Twitter. It doesn't happen. It's a scam, and they're, yeah. trying to, they're trying to get access to your profile, which may give them your birthday, your birth date, your location, all these little bits of information help 
steal your identity. And just quickly, before we talk more about the, the threat report, uh, anyone in Sydney, um, the, the Norton 360 or Symantec black market uh, display is going to be the Easter show. And I know it's not the most thrilling thing to look at, but it is amazingly informative and educational to go in there and understand what it is that these criminals are trying to get from you. But this mobile thing's quite scary. It is too, especially that they, the report mentioned the fact that they're, now that we're downloading applications and actually installing things on, on our mobile devices, mm. they've noticed that obviously in 2010, the, the uptake of smartphones was massive and, and the threat level also increased significantly. They, they identified 42% more vulnerabilities in 2010 compared to 2009. So there are, uh, that they've illustrated that malicious applications can be downloaded from different sites they identified chinese sites as uh, areas mm. where sites uh, applications could be downloaded and installed jailbroken iPhones could all, are also at risk because yeah. to to explain what a jailbroken device is 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 you uh, programming your iPhone so that you can take control and install your own software. Mm, don't and do un- it. Un- yeah, well, exactly right. Don't do it if you don't want to be at risk of, of uh, these applications being launched and installed on your phone. And what they can do, it's incredible what they can do. It allows hackers to actually send SMSs, make calls, oh, yeah. and show the location of your device without even identifying the user. So you could get a random SMS that could have been sent from my hacked phone and not even know it was from me, which, which and is a, alarming. A great example example of that, uh, techguide.com.au, click on the link to the hackers targeting mobiles and social networks. There's a really good image you've put up there of a legitimate application, a malicious application. When you download an application, it says, do you want to do this? And it's fine for it to you know, have internet access. It's fine for it to you know, record audio in this case, but it shouldn't be able to read your browser history, your personal information, your SMSs, those kind of things. You've got to just don't yeah. click OK. Just don't click OK. But read. how many people do, Trevor? How many people just oh, click through OK, OK? Yeah. On Facebook, too, on the social networking side of things, they do that and and often often people use you know how they shorten URLs. Oh yeah, bit dot line stuff like that. Now a lot of those shortened URLs are actually perfect way to disguise malicious the, the, the names oh, yeah. of malicious sites and people click through and you, you, you get these random links in on, on your feed on Facebook and people click through and you could be taken to a site that's dishing out malicious code and you, you could be at, under risk. So, I mean, it's an interesting thing and, and people should have a read of those stories uh, on your website and around the place on this. Uh, just beware of it uh, and, uh, and you know, it's not long. Uh, I guarantee everyone it's not long before a- antivirus and anti-spyware um, applications will become standard on mobile phones um, because you need to have that protection. Absolutely. Now, our dollar, Trevor, how good is the Aussie dollar going at the moment? We've it's exceeded ridiculous. parity. What are we, a dollar 104 cents US yeah, now? What it, are we it at? It definitely went to 103.5 and stuff like that. I mean, this is getting to the point where, because you know the problem is you go to Travelex or whatever it is and you don't actually get a dollar because they've, they're taking their, their fee and all that. We're getting to the point where you will actually get a dollar. You will. And the beauty of that is, though, is that things are getting cheaper. Mm. Now, Apple very quietly uh, over the weekend lowered the prices of their iPod range. Their entire iPod range, they lowered them. Mm. They didn't say a word. They never sent out a release. They just quietly 
nipped the prices down. Yep. I think in one case, the, the top of the line iPod Touch is $50 cheaper, $499 down to $449. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's working. Good to see that a company like Apple are thinking about their customers and looking after us by lowering the prices. And I, I think people have, and I always get my knickers in a knot when, you know, the haters come out and say, why aren't they cheaper and all? You've got to remember, and we've discussed this before, we won't labour on it, but it's not as easy as just going, the dollar's cheaper, so we'll bring, we'll, we'll yeah. make the prices cheaper. They're bringing them into the country in, in bucket loads, in container loads at a certain price. There's long-term agreements for shipping costs and freight costs and rents Taxes, and all these duty. things. We've got to pay lots of you know, things, we, we're I think we're, we're getting a very good deal now through Apple products, and uh, it's quite interesting that we're able to have conversations about Apple products and good pricing. Um, and, you know, the, the 8 gig touch is, what, now 259 It was 289 before. 30 bucks is a lot of money when your kids are Absolutely. nagging you for an iPod touch. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's, yeah, I think, it, and, and the, iP- the iPad 2 prices also reflect this too. Exactly, they're, yep. they're actually cheaper than the original iPad, which is it's refreshing to see that. And, you know, people think, oh, now it's still cheaper to buy it in the US. It's not that much cheaper to buy it in the US because you've got to remember, we've discussed this before too, they have to charge you sales tax on top of their yep. price. Our prices are inclusive of GST. Uh, it, I think we're getting the, the pretty good value for our money. 65 bucks for the iPod Shuffle. That's ridiculously low price. Unreal. And even the iPod Nanos are down, but uh, even top of the, the iPod Classic as well has been reduced in price. So yeah. it's uh, across the board, Trevor. Um, and just quickly, while we're on Apple, um, we should touch on the iPhone 5. We talked about last week it was rumoured to be being delayed, and there's been even more rumours this week, beca- and, and quite substantial rumours, because there's been some leaks uh, out of Sony, really. One of the big bosses of Sony basically <laughs> suggested that they're going to be supplying. An eight, and you could you could imagine, as someone in the chat room said to me, the, the, the camera on this Xperia Arc, which is an 8.1 megabit, pixel camera you can imagine basically that's the camera that may may end up on the iphone 5 absolutely yeah Um, i think howard stringer was being interviewed by the legendary uh gadget writer walt mossberg from the wall street journal and i think he uh, sir howard stringer let slip during that conversation that they were supplying the eight megapixel cameras for apple so i don't know he may have got an angry phone call from steve jobs the next day what do you think note to self don't um don't let slip those kind of things to walt mossberg Okay, <laughs> Joe Blow blogger somewhere maybe because it'd be very hard to get it out. But my Don't lord, tell the world's fam- most famous gadget writer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting, but it does give some credibility to what we talked about last week of potentially this thing being delayed uh, and the the whole structure of their of their rollout being slightly different this year. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Venick. Now, let, shall we take a stroll down memory lane? Now, you and oh, I please are, do. are not teenagers, let's be clear. Um, you not, as- not by much, no. You especially. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's not kid ourselves. You especially. Uh, you have a go at me about my, my concerns over the price. I'm having a go at you about your age. Um, okay. the, the, we've got a couple of minutes. I want to reminisce. Um, the, my first computer was a Commodore 64, and I can't tell you how cool it was to see a kind of a rumor thing only a day ago about a, a Commodore 64, which looked to me like it had been kind of um, hacked in a sense, like someone had grabbed it and cut it apart and made a PC out of it again with a normal, you know, motherboard, Intel <laughs> chip and all that stuff. But it, it's actually real. Commodore USA have announced that in, in conjunction with the, I think it's Tron Legacy Blu-ray DVD uh, release uh, later this month or, or soon, they're going to actually make available the Commodore 64 for form factor, so the, the thing we know and love to look at, but oh, as an actual it? PC. 
That is brilliant. And it, it takes me back to my teen years. It still does, Trevor. I'm not that much older than you, I've got to say. But <laughs> here we go. It does take me back, mate. This reminds me of my high school years. Commodore 64 was also my first computer. They were my primary school and, years, uh, but whatever. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right, then. I'll give you that. But uh, the Commodore 64 has got a very special place in my heart. I, uh, I used to, What I quite enjoyed about my Commodore 64, and this will you, you'll relate to this too, just to run a program on it. Do you remember the program? I had a little cassette drive. Yep, I've, mate, Steve, I've still got one. <laughs> I've still got mine too. I haven't thrown <laughs> it away. But it used to take, just to play, like I used to play a really cool game called Tropolifter. Well, it was a helicopter game, but it, huh. I used to put this tape in and press play, and I could go and watch TV for half an hour before it loaded. My favourite in that regard is America's Cup. It was a great game. There was a test match cricket game as well, and they were both on the cassette. Now, America's Cup was big at the time because of, obviously, Australia 2 and all that, but um, the thing about this was you'd you'd load the game. It took an hour, an hour to load the game, (laughs) and you'd play for a while. You had your little joystick, and, you know, it's an amazing game back then, and then you'd go, nah, let's go play in the yard again, right? And, And you'd press stop. And you come back and you go, let's play again. Well, no, you got to load it for an hour. Wait for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think that, and you know, I'm really, and this is the thing, I didn't keep my Commodore 64. Actually, when I when I had the radio show on GB, this is four years ago, I mentioned that I'd love for my son, this is when he was like one, I'd love for my son to be able to see how I learnt computers. And this uh, lovely, dear bloke named Gordon, I remember now clearly, um, from out at Yuguna, rang me and said, oh, I've got one if you want it. And I said, you're kidding, aren't you, mate? Anyway, left the wrong number. Um, and I mentioned again a few months later and he rang me back and I went out there and I gave him a whole stack of DVDs and stuff he wouldn't take cash um, but I've he, he gave me a Commodore 64 it's yeah. still in its box it's got cassette player it's got the joysticks it's got a few games and I and really I've still got mine I've still got my own I can't wait to, to un, unbox that uh, and to, play with it just to understand that the new model has got it's been it's been tricked up for the 21st century though. oh yeah HDMI it's everything. got it's got SD it's got memory card slots it's got USB connections and monitor connections and a DVD drive, so no longer waiting Blu-ray an, the top an hour. It's uh, it, you could load this thing up in seconds. You, you could, you could. This is the cool. And I'm, forget as a computer, right? Imagine this thing sitting on your on your home entertainment unit. It's got a Blu-ray drive in at the top level one, and you could watch Tron Legacy, which is what they want, obviously on Blu-ray via HDMI on your big screen TV. I mean, how? I mean, seriously, okay. it is uber cool. It will I'm be a getting- cult hit. I'm getting the Tron connection now because the original Tron came out in the 80s years ago, when, exactly. when the Commodore 64 was out. Now I'm with you, Trevor. Yeah, I mean, now, you, but now the Tron Legacy and they've tricked up the, the modern day version. That's you, very smart. I mean, you'd remember that. I, I don't remember that, but <laughs> you would. <laughs> I remember it well. I still remember going to see Star Wars for the first time. That's how uh, that's how old I am. Yeah, but that, anyway. That'll be in our, in our <laughs> other podcast, Two Blokes Talking Star Wars. <laughs> Which I won't be part of because you know don't I don't get me started. I'm a massive fan. Don't get me started. <laughs> we'll we'll do a, we'll do a video podcast one day from uh, from your man cave, the home theater, where uh, we'll get a visit from uh, a some Star Wars um, memorabilia in there. Yes, yes, there is. We'll get the lightsabers out, mate. Uh, thank you for this uh, wonderful episode. I hope people don't mind the gibbering. It's good fun to to bring people up to date with the, what's happening. We think in, in the latest technology, in the latest news, and you can get in touch with us at Two Blokes Talking Tech. Dot com. You can uh, follow Steve and his adventures uh, at techguide.com.au. And if you're, uh, if you're interested in uh, technology and uh, talkback technology, uh, yourtechlife.com. Uh, everything Stephen does is on his website, the radio appearances, all that kind of stuff. The same with me. Follow us both on Twitter. Steve, uh, talk to you again next week. We might do it live from uh, a very exciting little, uh, little venue yes. next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks, mate. Thank two you. Talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.